Hello, hello, and welcome to the Contact Podcast. This is episode number nine. This is the first time that you've listened. Thank you for listening, and hopefully it's an encouragement to you today. The last couple of weeks I've been talking about biblical man, and I wanted to try to take a break from that this week and talk a little bit about something that I feel like I'm dealing with in my own life and that I've spoken to a few other people and they're dealing with the same thing. So just praying and preparing for this week, I just felt like this is where the Lord was leading me. And so I wanted to talk a little bit today about temptation. And because one thing that I have have learned over these last couple weeks is the closer that we are to God and the harder that we are actually trying to focus on Him and living a good Christian life, that's when the enemy is trying to come at us the hardest. You know, the enemy is going to come after us with any form of temptation that he possibly can to try to trip us up to keeping us from doing the things that God wants us to do. So I wanted to talk a little bit about temptation today, and I think um, maybe over the next three or four weeks, um, talk going back to the Biblical Man series, I think I'm going to have a couple people on there that really um, have mentored me and helped me in my Christian walk. So I think that's what we're going to do. But for today, we're going to take a break for that, from that and get into this topic of temptation. So I think a good place to get started with this topic of temptation would be in Romans 12 too, Because we need to stay out of the traps and the lies that Satan brings into our minds. We need, as Romans 12 too tells us, a daily renewal. It says, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That renewal is daily, sometimes hourly, because the enemy wants nothing more than to see us fail. So we must make sure that we are equipped to to stay out of the traps and the lies that he tries to plant inside of our heads. So I want to look at three examples of temptation in Scripture and the repercussions of giving in or fighting the urge to sin. Um, but first, before we do that, I want to talk about one of the major tools that Satan uses to tempt us. It's our minds and our thoughts, which goes back to Romans 12, 2, the, the daily renewing of our minds, like I said before. So I read an article the other day that said that some experts believe that we think between 60,000 to 80,000 thoughts per day, which if you break that down hourly, that's 2,500 to 3,300 thoughts per hour. You know, so that is a lot of time for slip-ups. It's a lot of time for mistakes. But I think a comforting thing about that is Jesus is with us throughout temptations. God engineers our circumstances. Whatever they are, we must face them while continually abiding in Him. Because as 1 John 4, 4 tells us, Greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. So when the Holy Spirit is in you, that power that's inside you, it's greater than any temptation that you are going to face. 1 Corinthians 10.13 tells us, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Isn't that something that's very comforting? That He's not going to let you be tempted beyond what you can handle. Beyond your ability is what it says. But with the temptation, this is... uh, 10, uh, 1 Corinthians 10.13, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So there's there's a level of confidence to that, knowing that, yes, you're going to be tempted in this life, but God is going to be with us. He's not going to allow you be, to be tempted beyond your ability, and he's also going to provide the way of escape. 
So if you look at verse 14, it says, Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. That's one thing when I said I wanted to look at three examples in Scripture. One of the examples that I want to get to in a little bit is Joseph, and I'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But the devil loves to use our thoughts. He loves nothing more than to plant a seed of lies into our thoughts and into our minds. So we are not responsible for every thought, but we are responsible for what you choose to do with that thought once it's in there. So the devil can plant thoughts inside of our minds, but it's how we choose to respond to that thought, whether it be a sin or not. So we we must be strong in the faith and not let the devil use a thought to, to allow us to sin, right? So... So how do we defend ourselves? Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 10.4, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. That This is also um, something that can be found in Ephesians 6.10-17, talking about our we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Um, But back to this, uh, 2 Corinthians 10.4, For the weapons of our warfare are not uh, of the flesh, but having divine power to destroy strongholds. So the key being spiritual weapons, prayer, obedience to Christ, meditation on his words. A lot of this stuff is obvious, you know? So when you talk about battling temptation, it's sort of like exercising, right? Because whenever you go, you could go find the best trainer in the world and you say, hey, what do I do to get into shape? Obviously, it's eating right and it's healthy, You know, all the things that we all know, but we all want a shortcut, right? It's the same thing when you talk here about spiritual weapons and um, trying to build up a a warfare against the devil. It's all this stuff that we already know, but it's just getting back to the basics. You know, there there are no, no shortcuts. It's putting in the work. Satan tries to put a stronghold on us. He tries to make us feel hopeless and helpless. But Psalm 23, 4 says... Uh, um, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. So that's one thing I really want to reiterate throughout the course of this podcast today, is that no matter what temptation that we have going on, like it says here, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Jesus is with us at all times. When you have the Holy Spirit inside you, he's inside you at all times to give you the strength that you need to combat whatever it is that the devil is trying to throw at you. So I think many problems that we face seem almost impossible because we face them with a defeatist attitude. But we, like I said, we must remember, as Jesus himself told to his disciples in John 16, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. Peace. Not worry, not fear, but he says peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So did you catch that right there, what Jesus said? He did not say you may have tribulation. He didn't say you might have tribulation. He said you will have tribulation. But I offer you peace. Romans 8.6 says the mind governed by God's spirit is life and peace. So I read a devotional the other day that had a really smart suggestion to combat temptation. First, you call it what it is. It's a lie. Temptation is a lie. Then what you need to do is you need to find a verse in Scripture that destroys that lie. The Bible has all the answers. So if you're willing to put in that work to find 
whatever it is that you might be struggling with, whatever temptation that you might be facing, the answer is in the Word. So you find a verse that will destroy that lie, and when you find yourself being tempted, you capture that that thought, that temptation, and you speak the verse to it. We cannot let Satan set up camp in our minds and try to plant seeds and just go crazy, have a field day inside of our minds. We have to fight the temptations. We have to fight the things of this world. So three examples in Scripture that I wanted to get into today. The first one is in Genesis chapter 3. So Genesis chapter 3, it's talking about the fall. And so we're going to read, for lack of time, we're not going to read the whole thing, but we're going to read the first seven verses here. So it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of the tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband, who was there with her. So, And we see in verses 14 through 19 the repercussions of this, and and we all know. But I think one thing that I think is important is something that might be obvious to me or you. It might not be obvious to somebody else. So I think it's important that we don't overlook some of these smaller aspects because somebody that might be listening to this today, they might not know this story, right? So I think it's important that even though some of this stuff might seem elementary, it's important that we kind of get into it a little bit. So if you look at verses 14 through 19, that explains the repercussion of the sin, the sin that they had given into the lie that Satan had told. And that is one thing that you see here in verse, um, I think it's verse 3, where where Satan says, um, did God say you will really die, right? Or I'm sorry, that's verse 1. That is one thing Satan always tries to do. He tries to downplay the sin. He always downplays the sin. Now, if we look closely, we see not only did he downplay the sin, but but he also got, downplayed God himself. And if we look in the first two chapters, we see that throughout the creation process, whenever mentioning God in the text, it mentions it, it says his name is God, right? But if we look to chapter 2, verse 4, we've moved on to something bigger. It says, These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were made, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. So we've moved on from God to Lord God. And what does that mean exactly? That means that God is the master of all. Right? And so if you if you look from chapter 2, verse 4, up until chapter 3, we see Lord God is mentioned 11 times. So... And that's one thing that I think is extremely heartbreaking to me, because if we look in chapter 3, verse 1, the serpent asks a specific question to the woman, and notice what he says, what he asks her, and notice her response. So like I said, Satan always downplays the lie, he he downplays the sin, and he downplays God. So chapter 3, verse 1 he, he says to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And what is her response? She said, We may eat of the tree, uh, of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, And I'm just going to stop right there, because what did he do right there? By him 
God has moved into a position where he has earned the title Lord God. And what does Satan ask her? Did God. He doesn't say Lord God because, like I said, Satan tries to downplay everything. And what does he do? He gets the woman to take the respect off of God that he deserves because her response is, but God said. She doesn't say, but the Lord God said. So Satan downplays God, and in tempting Eve, he gets her to do the very same thing by downplaying God's authority. And it's just extremely sad. But this is the angle that Satan tries to use. He tries to downplay things in our lives. So we see how sin can just consume and destroy while just seeming like it's something that's no big deal. Because that's how Satan tries to make it look. He tries to make it pretty, tries to make it seem like it's no big deal, like it's something that's not going to hurt you. That's why we have to remain vigilant. We have to remain strong in our faith because he is going to come at us with things that look beautiful and harmless, but we see how sin manifested itself, and we're still dealing with that repercussion today. Oh, it's just a simple little fruit. You know, it's not going to hurt you, what Satan says, and then we're dealing with those same, that one bite of fruit, we're dealing with that today. So sin manifests itself. It's it's never something that's harmless. It's never something little. It always grows into something bigger. So let's jump into our second example here. We're in Genesis 39. I'm going to kind of skip around a little bit to a few key verses here. Um, we're in chapter number 39 of Genesis. So it says, Now Joseph have been brought down to Egypt. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord caused all that he did to, to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him, and he made him overseer over his house and put him in charge of all that he had. Skip down a little bit. Now Joseph was a handsome and in, in form and in appearance. Verse 7, And after a time his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, behold, because of me and my master has no concern about anything in the house. He has put everything that he has in my charge. He is not greater in the house. Uh, he is not greater in the house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and, and sin against God? And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he will not listen to her to lie beside her or to be with her. So in, it skip down to verse number 12. She caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. So what did Joseph do day after day while he's being tempted in an area that is such a trap for men today when you talk about women for men obviously that that's not that's not breaking news that is a a huge form of temptation that Satan tries to use in man's life is woman lust Right, So we see day after day, Joseph was being tempted by this woman. You know she was a good-looking woman because this is, the, this is Potiphar's wife. You know, this guy was in a position of power. He's not going to have, uh, 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 an, uh, for lack of better words, he's not going to have an ugly female by his side. Right? He's going to have one of the most beautiful women as his wife. Right? And so we see she was tempting Joseph day after day. But... What did he do? Here here in verse number uh, 12, he fled and got out of the house. So 
one thing about that too is is we're going to skip forward a little bit and you know what happened next um basically she accused him of trying to sleep with her and Potiphar throws him in jail but if we skip ahead to chapter number 41 verse number 37 it says um this is after Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dream. So this proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has shown you all that there is, um, and there is no one wiser than you are, you shall be over my house, and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. So he's, sec- he's put into position a position of second in command. Skip down a little bit. So Joseph went out over the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when entering the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. If you look in chapter 37, verse 2, this is where we first read about Joseph. He was 17 years old, keeping his father's flocks. Joseph had a rough life there from 17 to age 30. But you talk about the trials and tribulations that he went through. He didn't. He never cursed God. He never turned his back on God. He was always faithful to the Lord. And we see it took some time. It took 13 years. But Joseph was faithful to God, and God in return blessed him significantly. He put him in second in command in Egypt. I mean, that's insane. So we must resist temptation. Sometimes it's as simple as what Joseph did and just running away from it. Joseph was the perfect example of what, if you look in James 4, verse 7, it says, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. So, that's one thing that we need to do. We don't need to be like Adam and Eve and just so willingly give in to temptation. Sometimes it's it's doing what Joseph did, just running away from the situation, just fleeing altogether. Resist the devil, and he will flee. So, the third example that I want to look at quickly is in Luke. Luke chapter 4. So this is Jesus himself dealing with temptation. And and I've mentioned this passage in a couple of other podcasts before, but I think it's good to have a reminder. Um, so if, you ch- if, you're, if you're following along in your Bibles, flip over to Luke chapter 4. But we need to remember when reading this that Jesus was 100% man. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 it says, We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. He was God. He was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. In uh, Philippians 2 7 it says, He emptied himself. So Jesus' time on earth, he was absolutely 100% man dealing with these trials and temptations that we are dealing with today. So he emptied himself. And the next verse says, being found in human form. That's in Philippians 2 verse 8. Um, What that whole phrase emptied himself, I mean, of of what, I'm not exactly sure what all that means. I'm not going to pretend like I know. But I do know, like I said before, he was 100% man. So Satan offers Jesus another way out. Here, if we look in Luke chapter 4, in verse 1, actually, let's skip down to verse 3. The devil said to him, if, there he is, downplaying Jesus and God again, 
If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. The devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and said to him, I will give you the authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me. So we see Satan had something to to offer Jesus. He had something. And like I mentioned in podcasts before, he was offering Jesus another route. He was offering him something that he said, you know, you're not going to have to, if you do what I'm telling you, you're not going to have to face death on the cross. So um, he says, it has been delivered to me and I will give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus said, it is written, you shall not worship the Lord your God, or you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. So we skip down a little bit. Says, and he took him up to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, If you are the son, throw yourself down from here. Okay, skip down um, a little bit. We talked before about the the uh, Psalm ninety one quoting here. I want to go down here to verse number twelve. This is Luke four twelve. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to a t- to the test. What is this referring to? Let's flip over to Deuteronomy six sixteen. Deuteronomy 6.16, it says, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test as you tested him at, I guess it's Mesa, M-A-S-S-A-H. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test as you tested him in Mesa. So what is that referring to? Well, Mesa is where uh, um, the children of Israel, a place that they had come to where there was no fresh water. And when the the children of Israel got there, um, they started to question, is God really with us? So basically, what Satan is trying to do here is he is attempting to tempt Jesus to forget God's presence, just like Israel did. And that's that's how you see Jesus kind of um, um, giving Satan that text from Deuteronomy where he's saying, um, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So he's saying, don't test me. Don't test the Lord your God like Israel did in Deuteronomy six sixteen, where where they're basically testing God, saying, where are you? You know, are you really with us? Satan's saying, I mean, uh, Jesus is saying, don't don't put God to the test like that. And another thing I think is interesting too. I spoke in the last episode about um, um, he will command his angels concerning you to guard. That that's a reference. Satan is using scripture here to try to tempt Jesus when you when you look back at Psalm 91. But I think one thing that's interesting too and I heard this in another podcast in Psalm 91:13 it's it speaks about the lion trampling the serpent underfoot and we know that as we read in Genesis Satan is the serpent. So again, this is Satan kind of making uh, he, he's saying to Jesus um make your own plan. You know, so he's basically saying because we know that Jesus is the lion and Satan is the serpent. Satan is saying, you know, you want to go ahead and end me right now. So why don't you just go ahead and do it? Go against the father. So he's offering Jesus another route, right? He's offering him another way. And, and Jesus, but Jesus doesn't fall for it. We see in Mark uh, chapter one, verse 12, it tells us how the angels came and ministered to him. And then we see in Luke four fourteen, after uh, he's able to resist the devil by what using scripture. That's how he gets Satan. You know, he he gets him away. He 
quotes scripture at him. And he, and he finally just says, get, get thee behind me, Satan. You know what I mean? But if you look in, in Luke chapter 4, verse 14, it says, He returns to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. God the Father gives him that power. You know, and so, as I said before, Scripture is what we need to to fight these temptations. We need to model after Jesus and speak Scripture to Satan just to kick him in the teeth because his days are numbered and we know that. He knows that, but he is trying to take as many people down with him that he possibly can. So we need to be on our guard. We need to be equipped and ready to face these temptations that Satan tries to put into our lives. So um, that's all that I have for today. So in closing, like I said, we must stay in the word like Jesus did, quote scripture at him. And I, I strongly encourage you also to find a couple people in your life that can encourage you in the faith, because I think that's one thing that Satan tries to do is he tries to make you, and this is something that I'm struggling with, and I've really been able to lean on a couple older guys than I am for um, affirmation, is Satan tries to make you feel like you're alone, especially when you are trying to do something for Christ. And that is one thing that I'm really trying to do as a Christian man is just do as much as I can for the Lord because he has given us everything. He has done so much for us. He tries to make us feel like we are alone. And so we need that affirmation. We we see even Jesus with his time on earth, he needed that affirmation also. Because if you look right after he was baptized, we see the heavens open up and the spirit descending like a dove. And a voice, it's God's voice saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. So even Jesus with his time on earth needed that affirmation. So we need that as, you know, sin-filled, regular Johns and Joes, we need that affirmation. And, and give that affirmation to others. Try to seek out people that you can ask them, do they need anything that you could pray for them for? And just really get yourself involved with a good group of, of Christian men or women, depending on what you are, um, that can just encourage you in the faith. Because we are all facing the same thing. We're all facing the same enemy and that's Satan and he comes at us in in similar ways male and female you know what I mean so um, we must stand to the word like Jesus because he is absolutely going to try to make us feel alone but remember you are never alone Jesus is always with us through that valley of the shadow of death Jesus is always with us we also need to like Joseph flee from temptation just get away from it whatever you can do to um, just get out of the situation do it just get the heck away from it. And we need to make sure that unlike Adam and Eve, be self-aware enough to understand that what the Lord is telling us is is truth and and that and that is the right way we need to be able to resist the temptations because he's always going to make it look pretty, just like that fruit. He's going to make it look like it's something that we need at that moment, something that we just got to have. But in the end, it's going to harm us. It's not going to help us at all. And all it's going to have you feeling in the end is just regret and and hatred toward yourself for falling from that um falling for that temptation that he puts in front of you that that fruit and so um i just want to uh, offer that word of encouragement out there to you today that you do not need to fall into temptation and if you find yourself falling into the same temptation over and over again like i said earlier um find, seek out a scripture where you can um, combat that specific temptation 
hold it captive. Satan tries to put a stronghold into, a stronghold into our minds. We have to find that scripture and combat it, to, to fight it, to get away from it. Because temptation is a very, very slippery slope. And it is something that we, can, we cannot face alone. We have to have Jesus giving us that power. We cannot face it alone. We cannot. We have to come to that realization and know that the only way that we're going to be able to get away from the snares and the lies from Satan is through the power of Jesus Christ. That is the only way. So that is all that I have for you today. Hopefully this helps you um, in some small way today. If it, if it does, um, I'm very thankful for that. And also, like I said, I'd be missing an opportunity if I didn't say this. If you've never come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ, today is the perfect day. Jesus is always ready to take in any and everybody. He's, he is ready to adopt you into the family of God today. And, it, and it's just a simple prayer. Like I, said before, like I said in the last episode, it's not the prayer that gets you into heaven, but it is the belief on Jesus Christ. So if you're out there today and you want to become a, a, a believer in Christ, it's this simple. It's, it's ABCs. A, acknowledge Jesus is who he says he is, and he did what he tells us in the word that he did, which is died on the cross for your sins and mine. B, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And then C, call on the name of the Lord. It's as simple as that. So you acknowledge that Jesus is and did what he said he did. Believe what he said he did for us and call out to him. And if you're out there today and you want to call on the name of the Lord, it's as simple as this. Lord Jesus, I pray today that you would come into my life and save me. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that no matter what I can do, nothing that I do on my own is good enough to earn my salvation. But I'm thankful today that I don't have to because you've already paid that price. So I pray today that you would come into my heart and save me. Be the Lord and Savior over my life, Lord. Forgive me my sins and come into my heart today. Amen. It's as simple as that. And like I've said before, if you've said that prayer today, congratulations. That is the number one decision that you could possibly make in your life. So if you've said that prayer today, I hope that you... Um, uh, just, uh, I would love to hear from you. So mess, I have, uh, Instagram there's, it's call to act podcast. It's all one word on Instagram. So if this, um, podcast today helped you in any way, I'd love to hear from you, hear some feedback. So follow me on there. I, I try to post, um, Christian, good Christian content as, as often as I can. I try to, um, do videos on there with uh, different Bible verses and things that I'm dealing with in my own spiritual life and just try to encourage other people in the faith because I feel like God is calling me to do so. So um, if you enjoyed this episode, I hope that you share it with others and just have a blessed week. And Lord willing, we'll be here the same time next week. God bless. (music) 